Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm excited to be here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. I am so glad to be here during the days of all. That's right. We are in the 10 days of all. Praise God that we've made it this far. You know, I was telling Pastor Nick before you know we started the podcast today that, uh, you know, every year during the 10 days of all, I get a little bit of the blues, you know, because I'm always hoping that the trumpet is going to sound, right? Yeah. And that, you know, First Thessalonians is going to come true, right? That that the trumpet will sound, right? And the Lord Himself will return with the voice of the archangel and the shout of God and the sound of the trumpet, right? And that the dead in Christ will rise first, and those that are alive and remain will be caught up in the air into the clouds to meet Him in the clouds, right? And the, so we shall ever be with the Lord. That yeah. is our hope. Well, the good news is that the, uh, as far as the trump goes, you know, He's still in the White House. <laughs> You know, I knew you were going to go there. I kind of just knew it. But my point being that this year is yet again another rehearsal. And wow. so so I, I, I get that little bit where, like, I'm excited, I'm anticipating, I'm anticipating. I get a little bit of blues. But then now, right here in the middle of the days of all, I get a little bit excited because now I realize, all right, this year, my mission, we're back to rehearsal mode, and we need to make it a good rehearsal. That's right. What is God doing and what does he want to do through me? That's right. How can I participate? What does God want from me, his son? Praise God. So um, coming up, we have our Yom Kippur service on September 27th. That's this coming Sunday at 6 p.m. It is uh, an awesome service. Uh, we're going to be focused on uh, corporate forgiveness and prayer and, uh, you know, just praying to God and repenting and turning towards Him, seeking His face. Um, we, you know, most of us will be fasting. It is a uh, 24-hour fast, and, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but just praise God that once we get through it, right, sundown on Monday the 28th, that's right. We are in preparation mode. Yeah, for the celebration. For tabernacles. Sukkot. For the ingathering of the exiles. And so it's an exciting time we have coming up. And so what are we doing today? We are studying the Torah portion, Ha-Azinu, which means give ear. And this is uh, found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 52. And it is the famous Song of Moses. That's right. And just to go over for all of you in the old podcast land, uh, Deuteronomy is the book of remembrance. There are five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. They are remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. What a great honor we have to go over this outline with you, this Jensen's Old Testament survey book. So any, anyway, the uh, book of Deuteronomy has four parts. Part one are remembrances of the past, chapters one through four. Part two are commandments for the present, chapter four and verse 44, all the way through chapter 26. Part three consists of options affecting the future. 
Say the future is now. It's my new little saying. The future is now. Chapters 27 through 30. Last but not least is part four, the parting words of Moses. Chapters 31 through 34. There you have it. So we're going to jump right in here. And once again, we are in Deuteronomy 32. Uh, we're reading from the King James Version. We're going to read this whole chapter in regards to the Song of Moses and go over it line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, once again, the parting words of Moses can be found in Deuteronomy 31 through 34. Uh, so this is the fourth part that makes up the book of Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance. Now, as we go into Deuteronomy chapter 32, we are going to be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. So I'm going to start off here, and then we're going to go right into it. So here's what it says. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1, that's right, you got to have some chutzpah, you got to have some gusto to, to read this. you got to be excited when you read, you know. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. So once again, he's referenced as the rock. So Ryan, why don't you share a little bit about this rock? Because we're going to be reading a, a lot about the rock. You, you know, know, I mean, there's a lot about, about well, I think the we'll Just rock. throw in a little bit about, about this, the rock. The rock. Yeah, the stone. It, I, the stone. This is very interesting. The stone. About artifacts and different things, you know. So, okay. So, I mean, listen, we're going to take a left turn here, which... Yeah. With the just, permission of Pastor Nick. It so, is. It's just, it's just... I think it's interesting. I cannot be held responsible for any of the information I'm about to disclose to you. I don't know... I can't give you the validity or the truth of it. No, it's okay. It's just it's an interesting subject. It is. Though. It is an. It is interesting. But it is intriguing. It's certainly because something's coming up here, and you're going to get to that. Yep. So uh, when we talk about the rock, obviously the rock is Christ. We know this from Paul's writings, talking about the rock that followed them in the wilderness, the rock that provided the water, the rock that uh, Jacob laid his head on at Bethel, and when he witnessed the ladder going up and down to heaven or the staircase. Um, whichever it might have been. And so there is some um, folklore speculation, so to speak, uh, within the uh, Scottish, Irish, and English monarchy, the UK and monarchy. And I know that Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, that's where I get a little bit confused with all that kind right. of stuff. But my point being that... Um, Scotland is above England. They have a stone. And the stone that they have, they call the Stone of Destiny or the Stone of Scone. Scone being the place where the Scottish monarchs were coronated. And they, to this day, believe that this is the stone that Jacob laid his head on at Bethel. And that the kings of Israel, David, Solomon, and all of the kings of Judah in the, the, the line of Judah... Uh, that they were coronated on. And so they still, to this day, coronate their kings on this stone. And so you can actually go on Google and you can just research, um, you know, English or British coronation chair. It'll pop up some some pictures of a chair. It's a, a, like a Gothic uh, wooden chair that you'll oh, see. Yeah. And then in the base of the chair, right underneath the seat, there's this like rectangular 
hole there that um, you'll see some of the pictures will have it empty. Other pictures will actually show the stone. It's like a square stone. Right. Pushed into that slot. Yeah, into that slot. Yeah. And, um, and again, so there's, you know, clearly uh, all the way up to the British monarchy, they believe something significant about this stone right. as a relic or as a, 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 you know, a relic or what, what is it going to think? Artifact um, that they believe that there is something significant about it. It is at the very least a symbol of Scottish sovereignty. And, you know, they are going to be doing, I guess, some scientific testing on it someday in the future to see if there is, uh, if they can see where it was sourced from. Is this truly stone that could have been sourced at Bethel and things like that? But very interesting, uh, very uh, not validated biblical truth, right? Yeah, it, it is interesting, though, you know. But um, intriguing nonetheless. Right. So when, when Moses struck the rock, it was that rock. Yeah. The water would come out and different things. So it's kind of like a supernatural kind of thing. It is. And as I, well. even, I mean, come on, you hit a rock and water comes out. Yeah. I read a book one time written in 1901 and they believed, um, and there's, you know, some of the, the folklore around it is that Jeremiah would have been the one that after he went down to Egypt, came back up to Israel, that he went off to the Isles of Far Off and they believed that he took the stone with him with the daughters of the king. It Interesting. Says, it says in Jeremiah that Jeremiah went with the daughters of the king to the Isles of Far Off. And so that's how they connect the biblical narrative with the, you know, folklore right. narrative in, in Ireland and you Scotland. Know, it, it, it's, it is a fascinating uh, subject matter. I, I think it is myself. Uh, because, you know, Yeshua is the rock. So th- keep this in mind as we get into the Song of Moses. He references the rock uh, as the Lord. Uh, let's keep moving on here in Deuteronomy 32, verse 5. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Yes, they are. So Moses is singing this song. He's inspired. So verse 5 of Deuteronomy 32 is actually a condition. We call this a condition. And what does the condition do? It leads to judgment. It goes on to say in verse 6 and 7, Do ye thus requit the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. Okay? So once again, he's gonna, we're going to hear this story about Israel, how it was founded, how it came about. Why did God choose Israel? We get into verses 8 and 9. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So once again, God is selecting a certain people. These are the chosen people. He chose them. There, there are a chosen people. Okay, he set bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. And of course, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So God literally has a people, whether they receive him or not, or receive his son or not, that he has a people that he's made covenant with. Right. And so once again, God is a nationalist and not forcing imperialism. You know, the Germans were imperialistic and the Japanese in World War II were very imperialistic, take over the world. And then, of course, even with, with, the, with the, the Nazis and different things, you know, uh, uh, pure, you know, 
human race, a white race or whatever. But anyway. Well, this is, but, an, this is an interesting way to, to reinterpret what happened at Babel. Right. Because it says here that he divided to the nations their inheritance. That sounds a lot different than he confused their language and scattered them, right? That's a, that's a very different way to view, hey, he gave all of these people groups their own inheritance, something right. that they could receive for themselves, a gift from God, literally, when he separated the sons of Adam. You know, and that's the thing we all have to be mindful of, you know. What, what is God trying to accomplish? What has he done in the past? What is he doing today? And what is he going to do tomorrow? So once again, God created nations, you know. He didn't tell the Jews to take over the world. He said, here are your boundaries, and look at the, look at the Garden of Eden, and then look at the Promised Land. The boundaries are, are the same. Yeah. And it's interesting, if you'll go back and even look at it, that the boundaries are supposed to go all the way to the Euphrates. That would be the modern-day country of Iraq today. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you remember Abraham followed the Euphrates River up to the north and then came down. Well, and much to, of northern to, Saudi Arabia. To and Syria and Lebanon and everything. Yeah. So once again, let's, let's continue on here. Now, we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan read these verses. I would call these verses God's provision and protection. Yeah. Okay? I want to do one thing real quick. I want to just look at verse 7 because it says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. Wow. So here's what's cool. I, I think it's important because what this is doing is it's showing that every generation has the responsibility upon themselves to seek out this information for themselves. Now, you would think that, hey— we inherited lies from our fathers and all these other verses and things, and that the onus is on the gen current generation to then right. bestow this on the next generation. But God is also putting an equal amount of responsibility here on the the you know inquisitiveness of the following generation, the, the upcoming generation, that they need to seek this out. And so we are that generation right now. We're the ones that need to seek this from our fathers. Our fathers being, you know, the the you know, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, seeking the information here in the scriptures, finding it. It's for us to go and seek out. So I thought that was pretty cool um, there in verse seven where it says, Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. You need to seek this out. Find out the ancient path. You know, look for it. Um, find, you know, what is it that the Song of Moses is saying to you in particular? How does it give you uh, an affirmative, you know, directive to, to act upon? So let's read uh, verses 10 through 14, uh, moving on here. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Still talking about Jacob here. And it says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan the, and goats with the fat of the kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. Wow. So God, he guards them, right? It says right here that he guards them. He kept them as the apple of his eye. What's the apple? Is it your pupil? I get, I think the point the of this is, of his eye. I think the point of this is that, um, I mean, it could be, but I think keeping it as the apple of your eye is, is the, thi the object of your affection. 
Right. Right. So the thing that your eye sees and desires. So he kept them as the apple of his eye. Um, but that word kept in Hebrew is, is also translated in other uh, translations as guarded. So he guarded him as the apple of his eye, the thing that he treasured, right? That segula that we talk about. Um, and then he protects him and then it goes into, you know, he's as a, as an eagle stirreth up her nest and fluttereth over her, her young as, you know, protecting right. uh, her young. And also it says that there was no strange God with him. Um, and then even just says that, look, Hey, he'll get you to suck honey out of a rock, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, oil out of a flinty rock. So God's going to provide and give you the best of the land, right? Butter of kind, meaning cows, milk of sheep, the fat of lambs, uh, rams of the breed of Bashan, which I don't know what the breed of Bashan is, but apparently they're pretty good rams. You know, it's interesting too, just going back to verse five of Deuteronomy 32, I want to bring this point out. It says, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Uh, Peter actually in, in Acts talks about, come out of this crooked, perverse, untoward generation. And the Greek word is skolios, mm. means crooked or perverse. And, and this is where we get the word scoliosis in, in the Greek, scolios. Mm -hmm. And why do I sh share this? Because here's, here's Peter preaching on the Temple Mount coming out of this like he's he's in the church saying come on people quit being so crooked he wasn't like sharing this with the world or yeah, as an evangelist no. he was like hey listen he he's on the temple mount so let's move on here just something to think about in in deuteronomy 32 15 it says but jeshurun waxed fat now there's jeshurun there's jacob there's israel now jeshurun means means of course upright upright yeah. this is like the epitome the best of the best when your kid is doing the best it's hearing you. It's obeying you. It's got a great testimony. Uh, but it says, But Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. So he grew fat. So Ryan, why don't you check out Hosea 4.7 as far as what happens when we get prosperity and we get too fat and too rich. You know, um, we begin to forsake God. So check out Hosea 4, 7. Yeah, it says here, um, as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame? Ooh. I like what Paul says. You know, the middle class is good. You know, he says, you know, don't let me be too rich because I'll forsake God. Don't let me be poor because I'll steal. So the middle class is so important. And so as, as we grow fat and have prosperity and, and it just it just happens, we go on to read verses uh, 16 and 17. They provoked him to jealousy with the strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. Uh, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that they came newly up, whom your fathers feared not." Now, this is interesting because when the Apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles, he was going up against Greek mythology. He was going up against Zeus and, and Baal and all these things. And remember now, when you, when you worship devils, you know, you say, well, I don't worship devils. Well, if you're not worshiping God, you are. Yeah. So the devil doesn't care whether you worship him or not or demons. They just don't want you to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Now it goes on to say, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Boy, I got to circle that word rock again. Yeah, buddy. He is the rock. 
verse 19 and 20. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. So now you're going to see this transition of an obstinate people that God provided for, he protected, uh, they worshipped him and everything, they grew fat, they forsook the Lord, and they started to go astray and worship other gods. Okay. So I saw a meme the other day, and it, it said this, it said, um, it had like these different sections on it, you know, it's like three or four lines, and it said, uh, weak men create bad times. And then it said, bad times create strong men. And then it said, uh, strong men create good times. And then it's a circle, right? So good times create yeah, weak. Oh, it was cr- good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times, right? So it goes in a circle. Wow. You know, we're kind of like in the time of the judges, you know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, this well, lawlessness. You know, it's funny, you and I last night, we were talking at Torah study very briefly about World War II, and, um, you know, we both watched that um, that World War II in color. It's like a 10-part series. Oh, yeah, it's outstanding. And, you know, as, as somebody from my generation, you know, I wasn't alive, obviously, in the in the 40s, and I, I watched that, and I see you know, the realities and just the millions upon millions of people who died and the way they died and, you know, just the indiscriminate bombings that occurred on both sides. I mean, just all this horrible things, right? About just the, the evils of war in, in general, right? And then you fast forward to my generation and the things that, that trigger people and cause them to have meltdown. It's like people don't know how bad it can be. And so they don't really realize how good we have it. Right. And so that cycle is what we're seeing the scriptures. We see it from the dawn of time, nothing new under the sun, that when we have prosperity, we wax fat. And even though right. we're upright, we wax fat. I mean, look, how many times does it say that gesture run gets fat? It says, you have waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick and art covered with fatness. And you remember uh, Eli was the, the high priest. He was the priest yes. during the time of the... Uh, of the decimation of the temple at Shiloh. Of the tabernacle of Moses yeah. in Shiloh. But, man, he fell off the back of his chair and broke his neck. Yeah. And, of course, his sons were committing, you know, sexual immorality at the, at the entrance of the tabernacle. There was, it was just a mess. Yeah. But this is the interesting thing. There's a little template here that we could pull over this. Look at these principles here. In Deuteronomy 32, 21, here's a prophecy. So this is what God's going to do. He says, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. Like, why are you spending your time on these false gods when you could be spending time with me? Right. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. So here we go. I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. Okay. Now, let's look at Hosea 1.10. I'll read that. Ryan, you go to Romans 10.19. So Romans here we go. is my favorite. Yes. Book. Hosea 1.10 says this. It says, Israel comes back. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, 
There it shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. Come on. Now, Romans somebody. talks about this grafting in process, that they were broken off the natural branches because of their unbelief. And we as wild branches were grafted in. And the root of this olive tree, which represents Israel, represents Israel, is Yeshua. So once again, here's this verse. He says, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. So this is 3,500 years ago, the song of Moses. He's prophesying. It's a prophecy. And read Romans 10, 19, the apostle Paul. He says this, but I did, but I, he says this, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. So once again, Paul was sent to the Gentiles to pull out a people for his namesake, right? For the Lord's namesake. So think about it, everybody. This is happening right now in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. You know, this is what's happening. The Jews are jealous of us because of the things that we're doing. We're doing Shabbat. We're keeping the dietary laws. We're keeping the Torah. Right. You know, we, we do the feast days. So we're going to move on here in, in verse 22 of Deuteronomy 32. Go ahead and, and, and read those verses, Ryan. Uh, where are we? Verse 22, for a fire is kindled in my uh, anger. For so. a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. You, know, you think about the Holocaust, dealing uh, with ovens yeah. and burnt offerings. You know, the Jewish people were literally burnt offerings. And then a nation was born. You know, when something dies and something lives... But they literally were, were, were burnt offerings. You know, the Holocaust was, was a terrible, terrible thing. And, of course, it says in verse 23, I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. See, because how many of the Jewish people had hard times? Very hard and times. So, and so, you know, we go into verse 24, and I put judgment next to verse 24. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat. That's literal. Yeah, it is. Wow. And with bitter destruction. Wow. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. See, this is a judgment. Verse 25. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with a band of gray hairs. So think about the destruction of both temples. But now they're back in the land, which is good news. And you're going to see a really neat template here that we're putting over this to, to make it relevant for today. He goes on to say, verse 26, I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Verse 27. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy. See, I can't wipe out my people because I made a covenant with them. Right. Lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely. And lest they should say, our hand is high and the Lord hath not done all this. Check this out. Verse 28. Here's the condition. For they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. So he's singing this song. He goes on to say in verse 29, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Verse 30, here we go. We got the rock again. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? Except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. Verse 31. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Here's the condition, verse 32. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. 
Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Oh. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. So this particular case of vineyards is not good. No. In no. Revelation, it talks about the angel with the sickle grabbing this harvest, throwing it in the wine press for the wrath of God. And here it is. They're likening the fields of Gomorrah, grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their, their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Wow. So verse 34, I'm going to let Ryan jump in here. It goes on to, to, to talk about these things. So really prophetically, let's just go over it. So God said, I'm with you. You're my people. I'm the rock. You're, you're, you're stubborn. You're going to go astray. You're going to worship other gods. Now, I've provided for you and protected you, yet you went astray and you started worshiping demons and all these other things. He goes, so you know what? I'm going to make you jealous with the people that aren't even a nation. All right? With the Gentiles. Which, which is and you're going to be jealous of them. Which, right? Oh, absolutely. And so, then, of course, what happens? Continues with this destruction and scattering. I'll scatter you. That's, that's already happened. So now we're in Deuteronomy 32, verse 34, Ryan. Yep. So speaking of the rock, right? Um, there's, a couple, there's a couple verses. One in Romans, in chapter 9, verses 32 and 33, it says, and it's just talking about the law and how, you know, some people achieve righteousness by faith. And then um, those that seek after the law by itself without faith, right, that they seek that righteousness. Wherefore, and this is in verse 32, wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. But check this out. These are verses from Isaiah, right? Wow. So this verse in Isaiah, it's uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14. There's actually two locations in the prophecies of Isaiah that talk about this. And so 8.14 says, And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both houses of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the chief cornerstone. He, he is, is the rock. He is the chief cornerstone. And then it says... Everything should be built upon him. The, this is in Isaiah now, chapter 28. And the title of this section, verse chapter 28, is Woe to Ephraim, right? And it says this. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, that he, he that believeth shall not be... Uh, shall not make haste or not be ashamed. Judgment also will I lay to the line of righteousness, to the plummet, and so on and so forth. So what awesome verses here that talk about the rock and how Yeshua is the rock. So that's how you take all these... Because you ever wonder, you know, we go from reading the stone falling in the wilderness, and then we think that, oh, all of a sudden Paul just came up with this new idea. Oh, the rock is Christ. And that, like, there's no thread following well, the Yeshua scriptures Because Yeshua was at through. Mount Sinai. Right, exactly it, right. That's the point that he makes. It, it is, but my, my point being all of that, and then we just think that, that, oh, it started here, and then boom, all of a sudden Paul says it. But there's verse after verse after verse through the prophets that are alluding to the rock being Yeshua, right? So the Jews can stumble over Yeshua, Jesus. Exactly right. But yet Jesus offends us. So he's an offense to some degree. Absolutely, he's like an what offense. he's requiring and different things. I'm saying that we still we still are offended. 
Yeah. But but we don't stumble over Yeshua. But the Jews do stumble over because they Correct. say he's a righteous man. He's a rabbi. Right. So check out, read the judgment for verse 35 and 36 in this song. All right. So it says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. And the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. So basically, he's not going to wipe them out. That was one of the prophecies that was in Hosea, that he's going to bring discipline and correction to Ephraim, but he's not going to wipe them out. No, but then he's he, not going to wipe out the whole city. He then kind of mocks them. He says, and, that, and he shall say, where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted? And this is yeah. little rock, right? This is a lowercase rock. Here, yeah, right? yeah, that's true. You know, because when what they've done is they they had they had put their trust in a counterfeit, and not in the rock of their salvation. So everything they're offering, read verse thirty-eight. So everything right. they're offering. So which, why aren't they helping them? Right, which did you're giving them all these offerings? Eat the fat of their sacrifices. Why aren't they See, that's Greek mythology. That's right, and drank the wine just of, to appease the gods of their drink offerings. Wow! Let them rise up and help you, and be your protection. Come on, yeah. what about your gods? Let them help yeah. you. Yeah. See now that I, even I, am He, and there is no god with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver. Out of mind. Boy, think about the coronavirus right now. Those that make it and those that don't. God is sovereign. This is a sovereign verse, verse 39. I kill and I make alive. Man. He's the God of second chances. Wow. I wound and I heal. Come on. Right? Some people come out of the... Some people don't. Yep. I mean, you got to roll the... What are we doing here? Because God is in control. Well, the point is God is not to be mocked. No. D don't mock a God. He, he's not going to allow that to continue for very long. So this is Moses' song. He's singing this song. So look what he says here, verse 40. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. Mm. That's what Moses wants. That's right. He's talking about himself. Then he goes on to say, verse 41 and 42, Ryan, go ahead, because there's some more judgment. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Wow. So there we go. So in hindsight, we can look back on the Jewish people and see all the persecution, all the trouble they've had, right? Okay. So now all of a sudden, in verse 43, we have a prophecy. That's right. This is what Moses sings about. Rejoice, O ye nations, America, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. So three things are synonymous. The Bible, the land, and the people. So he's going to be merciful to his land and to his people, even though the parliament or the Israeli government or even the Supreme Court of Israel is secular. They're not religious. He is going to be merciful to his land and to his people. So that's why you can't divide up the land. It's for his people. I mean, that, that it is so incredible. Ryan, why don't you take it from there? What do you think about that? I mean, wow. I, I think that he's telling the nations rejoice with the Jewish people. That's right. Don't call them out. Don't 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 make fun of them. Don't put them down. Rejoice with them. Well, and oh, also, that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, and, and, and think about this. You know, God, 
you know, I think of people that are in the inner circle. Think about the people in your inner circle, or or let's say that you're part of an inner circle where you represent a, a higher calling, part of a church, part of leadership, part of um, a company, or or something where you are called to something bigger than yourself, but that you are a representative of that bigger calling. And you won't be able to misrepresent that, that higher calling for very long. And so when people see that Israel is being chastised, you know, that should be a warning to all of the nations to know that, oh, geez, because <laughs> I'm definitely not as righteous as they are. So my judgment has got to be coming right around the corner. But God chastises his own children first. Oh, my goodness, he does. Right? So when we see that, oh. that the judgment is being met out on Israel in the scriptures, it's not very long before the other nations who then mock Israel, God is like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Those are, think about it. Think about you're disciplining your kids, and then you see somebody else you know, making fun of your kids for being disciplined. Right? That's not gonna, you're not going to like that. No. No, you're not going to like that at all. And why do you discipline your kids? Because you love them. Right, because you have a greater end for them, a greater purpose, and a higher calling for them. So basically, and this is what I want to share with all of you that are listening. People have so many opinions. Why don't we take God's word and chew on it, pray about it, and look at it? Okay, because listen to this, everybody. This verse, 43, is the last verse of the song. Right. So it makes you think, wow, this is the end of the song. This is the last verse. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. This is during the days of all, 2020, right now. Wow. So here's the thing. If we want to be persecuted, persecute me for that then, because I believe that. We're America. We're a nation. We should rejoice. You know, we shouldn't be coming against the Jewish people. We shouldn't be disrespecting Judaism. Right. We should be, we should be lifting up even the American Jews. It's funny how we don't have any contact with the American Jews. All of them are from Israel. Yeah. Because the American Jews don't care about Israel. And this. They, don't, they might have a little culture or, or have some traditions or whatever, or be a little religious. But e even the Jews of Israel are saying, hey, you, you Jews in America, you need to come home. Well, in, I mean, you know. In reality, our common ground with the Jewish people comes from our love for Israel, our desire to see God's you know, word fulfilled in these latter days. And so we just, it's like magnets being attracted to one another, us and the Jewish people in Israel. Whereas, um, you know, we, we almost can, can see the people, you know, that are here, not as adversaries, but, you know, the Bible says, uh, Paul says, you know, they're enemies for your sake, for the sake of the gospel, right? Right. But they're beloved of the Father. Absolutely. They're blinded to the gospel the Jews are, but that's right. fine. But there's mutual respect. So, Correct. So, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and take off in verse 44, because this is... The pretty much the end of the song. Now there's a transition. Right. Even more good news. It says here, And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people. He and Hosea, the son of Nun, this being Joshua's name before it was changed That's to right. Yehoshea. And, and he's from the tribe of Ephraim. That's right. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto the, all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. So that verse is instructions. Read that again, Ryan. Yep. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do 
all the words of this not letter. just the first five books but this song please teach this to your children yeah you know they should sing this song yeah you know like father abraham had many sons bum, well what bum. about the song of moses yeah. we need to learn that so let's keep reading yeah he even says this it says for it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life and through this thing ye shall prolong your days in the land whither ye go over jordan to possess it and the lord okay, so how true is that how true is that right when they keep the, the commandments of god and they have a good testimony and a good witness as the people of god god helps them prosper so you honor your mother and father and you live long in the you land. You live long in the land. It's That's the right. only commandment with the promise. But this is almost attaching that same promise to the whole law, right? I mean, Keep I the think, commandments of I God, think so. and you know, he'll prolong your days. I think it's good. It is. And and if you don't, then we know what happens, right? He boots you out of the land. Right. It says, And, it, and the Lord spake unto Moses that selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into this mountain, Abiram, Abarim, unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho. And behold, the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession, and die in the mount, whither thou oh. goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people. Because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel, yet thou shalt see the land before thee, but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which I give the children of Israel. All right, so let's go back to Numbers 20, and let's relive this incident. Uh, why do we have to relive Numbers 20, 8 through 13. It's okay because we're in leadership. I know, but you know. Remember. It just hurts. Remember, you want to be a good example to your sheep. Yeah, so it's verse 8, right? You want to go ahead and read verses 8 through 13? I so gotcha. here's the account of this particular story. Yeah, it says, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water. So it's interesting, give forth his water. A little, little tidbit there. And there's the rock. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as command, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock. And Moses lifted up his hand. And with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Ouch. Wow. That's tough. So once again, Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Yeah. And he called the people rebels. So he wasn't a really good example at that point, you no. know. Um, let's see here. So, Ryan, do you got any, uh, any thoughts on that as far as leadership goes, that we should be a better example? Well, first and foremost. Because, you know, one time he was told to strike the rock. He was. Well, and he did. So right. isn't that interesting that sin is disobedience, everybody? Yeah, but it's not about smoking and drinking. One of the things about these things in the Torah is that there's not, like, flowery narration right he's not like 
the sun was setting and the sky was amber and the clouds rolled in. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, that was this morning. Right. And the Lord and Moses had a two hour conversation where they, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it's not like that. Right. Um, God clearly says, do this and sanctify my name in front of the people. And then he calls all the congregation together. And what does he do? He does not sanctify God's name. So it's almost like he was disobedient to God in front of all of the people. And in that way, he brought shame onto himself. And this is the reason why the punishment was what it was, that he was not going to go into the land of Israel with the people, that Joshua was going to lead the people. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and anybody listening. Sure. I haven't found a verse yet that says that he was supposed to take him to the promised land. He was the deliverer. Right, from Egypt. But maybe he just assumed that he would go into the land with them. I mean, if you I'm read it, saying. we're all assuming it, because the the point of the commands and everything is, when you go into the land, when you go into the land, there's a lot of when you go into the land happening all throughout these commands that are being given. The commands, for the most part, are for the people when they go into the land, because the land is holy, and God wants a holy people inhabiting the land. And the purpose of bringing a holy people into the land is to push out the unholy people who are defiling the land, right? So there's, That's right. there's all these people groups, and the purpose of them is not to, quote-unquote, give it to his special people, even though that's part of it. He's making the people special by giving them the commands and having them keep the commands and having them be stewards of the commands and the process of, of, of reconciliation with God and bringing them into the land to be that, the stewards of the land and the, the process. And so because of that, that's how they merit it, not through just, hey, I chose you because you're just special, but you know, you get the idea. That is interesting. Although they are special. And the fact that they're chosen right. makes them special. So, you know, uh, and also a reminder that, you know, we, we have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, they say that, you know, the prophecies are so powerful that e even when it comes to prophecy, that Jerusalem is the second hand to prophecy. And so as we see these, you know, Middle East peace talks being made and treaties and things, it's kind of interesting that, they, they haven't made peace with any Arab state in 26 years. The last country was Jordan, and now we just have the UAE and Bahrain during the days of all. We just had a Supreme Court justice pass away right before Yom Teruah. So there's a lot of interesting things that are going on in, 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 this, in this regard. Uh, any, last, any last thoughts, Ryan? I'm just trying to find something here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so what I do see here is I want you guys to realize we've got the Song of Moses. We're coming to a close of the Torah portions. And so we have Yom Kippur coming up um, for corporate forgiveness. And just, you know, if you didn't listen to the podcast that we just did about Yom Teruah, the 10 days of all, and Yom Kippur, Go back and listen to that. Also, another good podcast that we just did recently was the interview with Lars and Narsen. It's a great interview. Um, but the the Song of Moses is one of those things where if we get and we fast forward to Revelation, it says that they read the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb. And so all the way in Revelation, they're reading the Song of Moses and I or singing. I'm sorry. I say reading because we read it, right? We don't really sing it. But they're singing the song of Moses, right, and the song of the Lamb. And going back to the rock here, I, I was just looking this up, and we can find this in the Declaration of Independence for Israel as a state. This is what it says in reference to this this particular document. It says, uh, 
both declarations made reference to a higher authority. Of course, uh, it says here, the Israeli Declaration of Independence does not mention religion, but it closes with the phrase, with trust in the rock of Israel. Yeah. Wow. So that's pretty cool. With trust in the rock of Israel. That is outstanding. Uh, You know, I really want to encourage all of you that are listening to the podcast, get into the Torah portions, get into the half Torah, the writing of the prophets. You know, I do believe it's, um, let's see what I could find it here. I believe, let me me find it. Uh Uh-oh. Got the calendar out now. So remember, we, we read the Torah, and then we have, of course, we take a reading from the half Torah or the prophets. It's Second Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 51. This is actually David's song. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that we have David's song. So in, in closing here, we are going to uh, sing the song of Moses by Paul Wilbur. And what's really, really cool about this is I'm going to have Ryan read Revelation 15.3. Oh, I think I was just referencing Revelation 15.3 without knowing I was Revelation 15.3. All right, so here it says, For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the, per, uh, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Is that what you wanted me to read, 15.3? Is Revelation 15.3? That was 15.3. Maybe it's, Is that right? I don't know. It's about the Song of Moses? No, no, no. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. All right, let's find it here. The Song of Moses. Yeah, I gotcha. Revelation 15.3. Oh, I'm in Romans. How did I end up in Romans? He loves Romans. I can't get him out of Romans. That's it. My Bible just, like, popped open because it's just stuck there. Here we go. Sorry. And they sing the Song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Awesome. Hopefully get a good little audio here. What do you think, Ryan? You want to sing with me? Oh, I might. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying great, great and marvelous are your words, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, Lord, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. And the song of the Lamb, saying great, great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. 
mighty, just and true. All your ways, Lord, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord? tell you what that's a great way to finish this up um you know with revelation 15 3 the song of moses and the song of the lamb you know we have such an awesome hope in the lord um you know i've been reading some of the prophets and and even the ones that talk about doom and gloom they they always refer to having hope and joy in the lord and i just praise god that he has given us hope and joy through the blood of yeshua and for what he's done for us making him part of his family and so um, thank you guys for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can uh, reach me at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise.net, Ryan at topraise.net. Uh, I encourage you guys to live stream our services, uh, either on any of our social media ch- channels, YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram, and the like. And uh, if you, like I said, if you need anything, you can call the office as well, 813-654-2222. God bless you guys. Have a great week.